International. This is Mrs. Brightside, and I am your host, Lucretia Lyon, aka Mrs. Brightside. And I am joined today with my favorite interviewer, James Lott Jr. <laughs> hey, folks. We're going to turn this around. I'll be interviewing Mrs. Brightside. I'm so Ooh. excited. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. We're going to find out more about you and who you are and, and what it is you do. Yeah, and and that's exactly why I wanted to do this as sort of our first episode is people get to know me so you understand why it's so important that I become Mrs. Brightside, especially considering my nickname in school was Daria. <laughs> <laughs> I see that, Daria. I love Daria. Yeah. I love Daria so much. We're going to we have some fun this interview, and we're going to learn some stuff about her you probably would have never guessed um, and illuminate why, as you said, why she should be Mrs. Brightside mm-hmm. and what's going on with this. And hopefully a long, long career mm-hmm. in doing this. You've been around a while already. We're going to learn about that too in a second. Mm-hmm. So let's get started. Are you ready? Yeah. All righty. So um, what is your full name? It is Lucretia Danielle Lyon. That's so funny. Yeah. Where were you born? I was born in Tyler, Texas. The Yellow Rose, okay, where all the nation's roses come from. Second oh, Pasadena. that's right. There you go. <laughs> what are your parents' <laughs> names? My parents are Gina Lynn with one N, and hey. my Gina is spelled G-E-A-N-A. It's important to know that my grandmother can't spell. And then Gina Lynn Norrell is her maiden name, and then Todd Duncan is um, my dad's name. <laughs> yeah, I love it, Todd Duncan. Sounds like, sounds like some kind of food thing. I know. Um, some kind of, like, like, any siblings? Of course. I have uh, my little brother, Jared, who is my best friend and my partner in crime. And then I have a half-brother named Lance. Lance Dillon, which is why I'm Lucretia Danielle. Oh, how funny. Yeah. What is it about Jared that why you're so close? Well, we grew up in a very odd situation. I mean, if you know anything about Tyler, Texas, Tyler, Texas is a very conservative town, basically in the heart of the Bible Belt. Uh, it's not, do you go to church? It's what church do you go to? And I grew up, like, we were, a sing- we had a single mom because our mom had left our dad because our dad has a lot of uh, mental issues and things like that. He was severely bipolar. But our mom left our dad and raised the two of us on her own. And there's already some judgment there being a single mom and divorce and things. But, you know, making matters worse, our father was uh, on the radio DJ, but also he worked at strip clubs. And so, yeah, the seedier (laughs) side of town. And then our mom always prided it on making us go to, like, the best schools and things like that. Even, you know, we would live in apartments so that we could go to private school initially. And, yeah, we had to even go to a specific private school because we couldn't even go to the Christian schools. Like, we, that's why I say I went to a Jewish school when I was younger oh because they, they wouldn't let the pagan kids in the Christian school. And I'm like, wow. we weren't even raised pagan, but because of our dad. I mean, yeah. he is uh, what most people would consider, like, Lucifer on the show is more loosely based uh, on Anton LaVey's yes. satanic Bible of really just leading a hedonistic and selfish lifestyle. And that's sort of how my dad has always lived his life. And when you grow up in that community, there's a lot of like bullying and yes. judgment. So yeah. we had to stick together. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. What is your earliest childhood memory? God. Um, I, I, I know. I feel like myself, what was my earliest memory? It's a very interesting question, too. Dude. The sad part is, is, like, oh, God, this shows how broken I am. My The first thing I think I remember was taking my dad's flash toy off the shelf. Like, this was when my parents were still together. So, yeah, like, man. I was very – and I remember lots of different things, but this is probably our mo- my most vivid memory, and I think it was the first thing. 
was taking the flash toy and running it across the ground, as a kid would do. And then him beating me. How big you were at the time? Uh, I had to be under two, like wow. for my person being like, you know, it's like spanking. It's not yeah. like my dad was like throwing me against the wall. I mean, no. not to defend him in any way. But back then, got, we got spanked. But yeah, it's like spanked. we got spanked, and I'm like, I just remember getting the flash toy down. I'm like, what that's, do you do with it? That's so funny. <laughs> now I'm afraid to ask you this next question because oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's dark. Hey, who knows what you're telling? Because I'm like. What's your strangest childhood memory? Strangest childhood? Like, I mean, you probably have a million, you have a million compared to most of us. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm like, strangest childhood memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like. I remember waiting outside of a bar for my father. Yeah. I was like six. Me and my sister now, we're just sitting in this wait outside. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm like, I would be in bars all the time because that's where my dad worked. And, yeah. like, he would give me my birthday money in ones <laughs> or, like, and that's the thing is I'm, like, narrowing it down to, like, strangest childhood memory. Oh, God. See? I mean, my dad would read the comics. Like, I was a big fan of, you know, Green Arrow and Flash were his favorite. Mm. But I love Robin. And so he read me Death in the Family, which it's not Dick Grayson Robin, but Jason right. Todd gets murdered by the Joker. And then, or like Killing Joke, which yeah. Batgirl, my other favorite, oh gets basically raped and well. maimed and paralyzed. And so it's like, God, I can narrow it down. With I, think, I think you probably like, gave us a few just now. Yeah, because I'm like, those aren't even like the weird yeah, things sure, that I'm happen. Sure. Um, yeah. we, we can come back to that later. Oh, no, I'm, sure. I'm like, yeah, I'll think of some. Yeah, what high school did you go to? I went to Robert E. Lee High School. What kind of school? Yep. Wow. <laughs> uh, you really came, came from like Texas conservative like really came from oh that. yeah and that's why it's like people somehow think that this all happened overnight this you know i grew up in a very liberal place and uh, of course yeah. i was gonna be so cool yeah. nope that's, that's so funny wow what kind of student were you i honestly was i i was a child prodigy and that's why another reason we went to private school is i was way ahead and my brother was way behind oh, right. and so i i was honestly a good student until like teachers would i mean when i started going to public school because we couldn't afford it anymore mm -hmm. there were teachers that loved me because i knew everything and they were not like narcissistic at all they were cool like and I would just do really well in their class. Like, they just let me be. Yeah. But then there were the teachers that would be upset. Like, I got bullied more by teachers than students. Wow. Like, they would get mad because I would prove them wrong. I'd be like, actually, in the book, it says right here. And so I had a love-hate relationship with school. It's like I would get very bored very easily because I was so far ahead of the other students. And then, you know, they talked about moving me up or whatever. But I even dropped out of high school. Like, I got really sick and into drugs and things like that, and I dropped out because they were like, uh, my counselor said, you going to college? Yeah. Might as well just drop out then and take the GED and go to go to TJC, which was the, is the great junior college okay. there in the town, Tyler okay. Junior College. I was literally told to drop out at that point okay. because by then I learned quickly early on that school was bullshit. And yes, I, I really don't care if these kids are out there that somehow think that this. I have a master's degree, guys. I'm, yeah, she does. She yeah, does, yeah. She likes. She does. I stuff. believe in education. Yeah. I just believe that a lot of what you see in this country, as far as our public school system, is bullshit. Because your teachers, and God bless the great ones. Oh, I know like, they do God's That's work, the thing. Yeah. But I believe it was Adam Carolla who said, I, "What I like to do is have everyone raise their hand if they've had one good. Te if they had a good teacher, and then." 
everybody raises their hand. But if you raise your, if you ask, well, how about more than one? Almost everyone puts their hands down. Now I will say, over the long course I've had, I've had several great teachers, but the majority of them were people that, I mean, they are nature C students. My, uh, my mom's stepmother, she tried to get a job in a school system there, and they, she had too good of grades in college. They only wanted to hire C students. Wow. And your teachers are people that don't work all year, and they don't honestly work that hard for the most part. Now, this is to say that not all teachers are like that, but most of your teachers are the slutty girl you went to high school with who couldn't get a job. And then, believe me, those girls hate, or they become women, and they hate me. I remember... Like, my mom almost yanked me out of our elementary school because I wrote down everything my teacher was doing wrong, didn't say anything mean, just was like, she's painting her nails and all this. Somehow my teacher found it and was, like, yelling at me, and they were like, you need to apologize. And my mom was like, for what? She's right. right. And it's like all she did was write down that you paint your nails all day and spend half the time on the phone. And um, I was that that kind of student, too. I was the kind of student who would, like, Take myself to the office. I'll yeah. go to the office. See you later. And no tell my teachers too. They're, they're rude. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I'm like so, and and I honestly love education. Yeah. I just don't like the institution that is school. <laughs> yeah. And what college did you go to? I went to the University of North Texas uh, in the Tyler Junior College. I took courses there as well. Mm-hmm. University of North Texas is where I got my bachelor's, mm-hmm. and then Dallas Baptist University uh, for my master's. Yeah, bachelor's in what? A master's in what? Okay, my bachelor's degree is in uh, psychology. I minored in philosophy, which was funny, though. I took a lot of courses in environmental philosophy because I was a a dirty hippie back then, (laughs) vegan. Like, I was a super douche. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, luckily going to that liberal school sort of brings it out of here because I'm like, I don't want to be like these people. Like, this is your life. Yeah, gross. But um, I really enjoyed my experience at UNT, and it's RoboCop, Peter Weller's alumni in Thomas Hayden Church and Nora Jones. It's a good school. What about Don Henley? Was he one of their Yeah, he went there too. Yeah. And Don Henley is also from East Texas as well. I love Don Henley. But yeah, like, and I'm... So you have degrees in, your master's in what? My master's is in, um, on the degree itself it says kinesiology because that's what you get um, if you're going into sports psychology. Like, had I gone on to do my PhD in uh, psychology and become a sports psychologist, which is interesting how I wound up in that is um, I'm like, I started out at UNT to go to film school. Wow. Hated the film program. Okay. Did not want to hate film and TV. Uh, so I'm like, I enjoyed psychology, stuck with that, minored in different things because at first I was into criminal psychology, okay. um, you know, wanted to study serial killers, yeah. wrote some... <laughs> Some papers on like narcissistic personality disorder and things like that, but that's a very depressing, yeah, you know, field. So I'm like, what's happy? Well, I love hockey, so I started studying concussions in the NFL, oh, okay. NHL, and okay. NFL. Mm-hmm. Did a lot yeah. of research on that. Wound up in sports psychology. Do you think you would go back for your PhD? Oh yeah, I've actually talked about uh, getting it. I love. I much prefer an honorary doctorate like Dennis I'm Leary and I'm you have. One. Yeah, yes, I'm getting one. Yes. But because it's a lot of work and I probably have to take at least four more fucking research classes. And, you know, this is someone who researches like for life. So and this is why whenever I meet people that 
post on Facebook asking a question that you could Google yeah. or just like, you know, we deal with a lot is we're press too. Yes. people who don't do their research. And I'm like, y'all are the reason I had to take four fucking research classes in college. And I realized I went, to, I, I was in a, went all the way to my master's, but I shouldn't have had to take that many classes teaching yeah. me the same thing because you people can't get it down. I know, I know. Research, research, I research. People, people suck. Yeah. Um, do you find people are surprised, actually, like, what kind of degrees you have? Oh, yeah. I, I honestly feel like people are constantly surprised by me, which is the reason I asked you to interview me yes. first, because I feel like people learn something new about me every day. Yes. And, yeah, like... I, I was surprised I mean, a little yeah. bit. I was like, okay. And then when it made sense, like, I know you now, it made yeah. sense, like, okay, it all fits in somewhere. But at first I was like, she have this? You never know, you never know what people, what they have, I'm sorry, what they have. <laughs> Um, and it, like when people find things about me all the time, she's like, Oh, you do this, you do that. But like when you was like, Oh, you have degrees in psychology and well, yeah, I mean, I listened like... to Love basically the new Love Line, which yes. is Adam and Drew's show. I mean, I listened to Love Line my whole life. Yeah. I grew up idolizing Drew and Adam, and so I always liked that sort of like wanting to help me. And too, I mean, growing up like I did, my father was severely mentally ill, and you know, my brother had like ADD issues. Oh, which, okay. Well, I mean, I can tell you all about how 90% of those cases aren't in yeah, fact. Yeah, right, of course. But I, that's for another podcast. Yes. But yeah, so like, I was always interested in that. And to me, what I love is, for someone who doesn't necessarily like people, and I spend a lot of time alone, yes. I love figuring people out. Yeah. 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 Um, and one thing, I want to talk about Dr. Drew. I got to tell you, I got to yeah, yeah. podcast about that. Uh, that's a story. Um, when did you move to L.A.? I moved to L.A. Um, four years ago, and oh. around the same time, it was Black Friday oh. four years ago, which would have been 2013, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, 2013, I moved here, and uh, it, it's interesting how all that came about. A lot of it has to do with – so I was doing stand-up and things because – you know, with him, we were meeting these other, I was meeting all these people, like, with the job I had as a promo model. Yes. These women, you know, my great boss, Denise, like, hopefully you hear this, like, we're still Facebook friends. Like, you really helped me get into this as well. Mm. Um, or Anjanette is your stage name. Anjanette Lewis. But, yes, um, she really, she was like, oh, you're into acting? When I realized she was a horror movie actress because they were going to the same convention as my family. And she was like, yeah, you know, I can help you out. I was like, I'm really more into comedy. And so I started doing those things like stand up and in Dallas for fun and, you know, did some commercials like I was in a Mary Kay commercial and stuff like that. And I'm like, I think I want to make a career out of this. And when that relationship didn't really pan out like I thought, um, my lease was coming up around the same time. And I sat with it for a moment, and it was also the very same time that Corey Monteith died. Oh. And I wasn't even a big Glee fan. I would watch it when there would be okay. events. I'd watch uh, Rocky Horror 1 and Neil Patrick yeah. Harris. I, and just he was somebody that I'm like, wow, like he's my age now uh, when he died. And it was just sort of jarring to see someone so young and with very talented, life full of him, just – die like that yeah. and that that attributing with all those other things it was just sort of like then why am i fucking around like why am i i mean at that point i had a master's degree by the time i was 22 and good. like a lot of my stand-up became because i couldn't get a job because i would go into job interviews and it's when they were filling right. a quota with yeah. the name like lucretia lion yeah, lucretia, yes. and so i'm like you know what they're I think I'm done here. Like, I love my family, and they can come out, but I'm like, I think 
if I want to move to LA, if I want to be a comedian, now's the time, and I just never look back. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, I remember people who, who make those kind of choices being so young. You're like, I'm going to LA. I don't know anybody in LA. I would go to LA. Yeah, I knew no one. I so yeah, and that was the thing is there was one girl who I'd done a promo with once that I kind of knew, but was moving out here. But she didn't want to live in as nice a place as I did, so we weren't <laughs> going to move together. And and it was just like I'd met her once too, so I didn't really want to live with her because uh, I've got the dog and the cat, yes. and I'm real protective. Jeez. But I like, and I didn't. I was like, okay, this one person I've met one time was moving around the same time, but I still didn't know anyone, yeah. and it was it was scary to be well, honest. I'm sure. Oh my god. Um, I mean, LA is a place yeah. for folks. You know, there's, there's a place for opportunity. And, and I've her, only ever been here once before. And her dog and cat are right in the middle of all this. Yeah, I love it. It's like it only went that way. I love it. Um, stand-up comedy. When did you first do stand-up comedy? Yeah, like, um, so yeah. just before I moved, it, it's hilarious because just with everything in my life, everyone's always like, you you just get up and do these things <laughs> without any preparation, and you know, or like other people would practice, practice, practice. Yeah. I was like going up to these like bigger open mics and not thinking anything about it, like, and just sort of, like, I didn't write down jokes, I'm just really funny, like, I was saying oh things, and then, um, I learned about this NBC stand-up for diversity, so I'd only done a handful wow. of open mics in Dallas before I see NBC stand-up for diversity is gonna be in Austin, and yeah. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna drive down to Austin, do Good that, Austin. wait, you know, and two, apparently most of these people were like preparing, and I thought it was really funny, and all the guys did too, like for the most part, but it was unfortunately a diversity panel for women um, that don't usually like me. Oh, and two, you. as I say, I was probably the least prepared of people, but oh, I just wow. remember just ripping off that band-aid and doing this NBC stand-up for wow. And even though I didn't get it, I'm like, I did not know how big a deal like that was and all this. Just like when I did the Miss Texas pageant, like the yeah. Miss Texas USA pageant, and everyone's like, you've never done a pageant before, and you're going to do this big one. And I'm like, yeah, I've done like a handful of open mics, and I do this big showcase. Right. And that's because that's just who I am, is wow. I would rather just jump on in the deep end wow. and figure it out. And that's what I, you know, I then learned from those comics that, you know, had done better, like Usama, you know, he's yeah. now in New York doing really well really glad for him because he was a really funny guy I did comedy with in uh, Dallas okay. you know he's like yeah you actually sort of like write jokes and so I got a little bit from him but I really still never understood the writing of the jokes and having it more succinct part that some people say that yeah. stand-up has to be yeah. I'm more of a storyteller like Dennis mm -hmm. O'Leary yeah. or um yeah Andy Dick does a good yeah. storytelling class or Adam Carolla and so I realized like that I can write good succinct jokes but I'm a little bit different than that mm, because yeah. I'm more of an improv storyteller, but not like the improv as in you get it iOS. Well, what what is yeah. your what is your uh, style? This way, ask you what's your style? My style, I will say, like I'm very. Are you, are you observational? Are you? You say storytelling yeah. is part of your style. Are you the but I'm bump joke person? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is, as I say, I, I would still just consider myself a storyteller because my jokes kind of vary. And I have a lot of pot jokes and yeah. things like that. I mean, in different styles, a little bit observational, a little bit like this. So I take from everything, but I'm really more. 
I have always considered myself, and this is one of the few good things I got from my father, was being able to tell a story so yeah, well. Yeah. And that's what I feel that a lot of these jokes are, as opposed to just, like, the punchy one-liners. Yeah. And that's the comedians I like, and that's the person I try to be. And, you know, certain people I've been in classes with, you know, teach a different way, and that's their way, but that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I mean, that's what I put on Twitter. That's not what I'm going to say on stage. Right, like, right. those one-two punches. Have you, yeah. um, what's philosophy on bombing? Like, <laughs> for you, I, I talked to a comedian yeah. recently, and she said, um, she goes, the thing about, she goes, what you do, James, I'm a spoken mm. word, I do spoken word and singing and stuff, and he goes, if there's a bad song, mm. you got three more minutes, you have to do a bad song. If you got three more minutes to the set, you actually have a way that you still can win them back. Yeah. So I guess when you bomb, like one guy said he loved bombing. He said, I bombed one night, I bombed the whole show, but the last show killed. And you get the, at that laugh at the end, and I was like, good to go. Like, it kept me going. And one person in the told me it felt like pregnancy. Yeah. You go up there, you do it. You're like, it's painful. You do it. You love it. And then you, you forget about it. You know, I'm like, I can do that again. And then you do it again because you're hooked. Yeah. And that's the thing is I honestly feel like the worst thing that you can do is just revel in it. I'm always a person of just like every time I, you know, have been fired from a job, which yeah. strangely happens a lot, yeah, yeah. or, you know, have bombed on stage or whatever. It's just like that's a learning experience yeah. for me. I can always improve. I mean, and honestly, everything to me is always improving. Yeah. And I think that's why I don't really spend too much time like working on practicing is I'd rather be doing, doing, doing. Yeah. And then, you know, that's practice to me. And even if it's not great, I still just rip that bandaid off and yeah. I know how to improve. And I think that's it is like always taking it more as a learning experience. You know? Is there anything off limits? No, not really. I, I'm one of those people that. And or you, or you that I, these days, I mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in PC comedy. That's not comedy. Um, no. Dennis Leary said, and I went to a live talk with him on Wednesday night. Um, comedy is the fuck you to all power. When he was asked about should comedy comedy be limitless, and that stuck with me, and that's always been what I've said is. For me, uh, there's a lot of jokes that I write that I will say these aren't for me. And luckily, you know, I feel like I've I've sent stuff to Jimmy Fallon uh, before, and I'm hoping to work with some other male comedians because yeah. it's not necessarily that I feel it's off limits, but I feel like this doesn't fit my brand okay. more so. And, but I do think that we need to do a joke about things mm -hmm. in comedy. Yeah. And trying to PC comedy is is exactly part of the reason that we have Trump is like when you try to do too much over here with the restrictions a lot of times the other sides we're going to react in a way more negative yeah. way more pendulum swinging yeah. way and it is a unfortunate side effect of people being too restrictive in one way and all in and sorry you're bullies too if you feel right. like people you know that's that's our job is to make say jarring things and wake up your mind i mean it's just like crisis on earth x the big dccw crossover a lot of people are upset of the use of nazis and it's like Love don't you that. think that right now was a perfect time yeah. and the way that it was portrayed mm. was big yeah. but it did it so well and that's the thing about comedy is like as long as you do it in a way that is meant to be that way for a purpose of yeah. starting a conversation then it's fine but you don't need to just say racist things just to be yeah, racist right. or whatever. Um, and I'll also explain to people who don't know this, what is a promo model? 
Oh. <laughs> Some people know, like, what does that mean? What are your mommy clothes? Like, that's what she means. Oh, yeah. Well, and too, like, it has many names. Promo model, brand ambassador, you know, trade, a booth babe, um, yes. product, whatever. Basically, it's a job that, for the most part, cute girls, and now they have a lot of men, too. I love my They there. usually look for, you know, people that fit uh, a certain look mm -hmm. to wear an outfit that is this brand and then you represent that brand yeah. at events and things like that. So like I did a lot in Dallas I basically only did trade shows and liquor. Um that, that so, makes sense for you. Yeah, and that was the thing is with liquor in Dallas you would go you would either be in the stores, not my favorite thing, but that way you get to take the booze home. Or you'd be in bars, like being like, Hey, we're the Sky Vodka right. girls. Right. Like and that's what it is. It's it's considered a modeling job, which is why I get to write off all my makeup on my taxes. And because I still unfortunately have to do it. And so if you guys want to pay for this podcast, that'd be that's great. Right. That's um, right. <laughs> but yeah, and that's the thing is it is a job and it is an easy job and there are things into it, but it pays really well yeah. and it's very flexible. It's one of those things that you're usually contracts. So you can take jobs whenever you mm -hmm. just need the money. Right. And as I suggest to anybody who's in this business. That is the job to have because it honestly helps you with this job. Yeah. It's like you're constantly getting rejected even when you're just giving people things. And that's pretty well what we're doing right now. Yeah, we're giving true. this that's podcast true. away for free. Yeah, that's true. And then you still get rejected. And But right. that is sort of why I've got such a thick skin plus that fucked up upbringing. Yeah, but, yeah. I guess so. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is that job, you're constantly getting rejected because too, even getting the job is often hard because they'll look, you know, this may be an event where they need more Asian looking girls or they need redheads or blondes or brunettes. I mean, it's the same sort of thing as sending your headshot in for, you know, acting gigs and promo. And that's what I say to anybody who wants to get in this business is you need to, that needs to be your survival job because you're going to learn about rejection, yes. you know, by not even getting the jobs and all these, you know, and then you're talking to people because too, you're also learning a script in a way, or yep. I often just take it and like improv with people you're learning new material and, and displaying it to somebody. Yeah. Isn't that exactly what we do as a host, a yep. comedian, an actor? Yeah. Now, you mean you are you are a host, <laughs> a host producer. We met, of course, mm -hmm. um, through an ad that I placed in Craigslist looking for a co-host, co-hosts mm -hmm. uh, for a new show I was going to do on General Hospital. Um, it was an after show General Hospital. That's how we met. Um, we met, and uh, you were actually not feeling well that day. I would have mm -hmm. never guessed it. You're a good for a half now. You're a good cheaper. Then we sent you home, but you were good, and I knew I picked you right away. Um, yeah, it's funny. I had eaten at Gabby's Express, and and one in three times it would do it. I had had food poisoning. The I go to Gabby's all the time. Yeah, I Gabby's all the time. Uh, never had problems. Right, these to work there. Jessica, hi Jessica. Mm -hmm. there. Um, and we did we did soaps together. Um, the Russell Report. When did you start watching General Hospital? Yeah, like, it, it's funny. Like, Do you remember when? Like, what storyline? Or what you remember? Do you remember when you were watching it? Like, I remember as a little kid it always being around. Like, yeah. my um, my dad watched the ABC soaps. My grandmother and his, both my grandmothers, actually, his mother and my mom's mother watched it for the most part. And then my mom, we would watch it when we would go to work with her in the summer and things like that because those were what was on during the day. This was before Netflix and all this. So... I always remember them being there, but with General Hospital specifically, I I remember the lucky Liz romance and like okay. the Liz being raped and then Emily's heroin storyline oh, with okay. when Amber Tamlin was Emily. I definitely remember all yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. Like 
and that's probably some of my earliest memories of General Hospital was that particular those particular storylines because I really liked Liz at the time and Lucky and then Emily and Nick. Like yeah, so I yeah. distinctly remember that being the thing that really hooked me was their friendship and everything. Uh, okay, here's like a hard question for you. Or maybe not. Hmm? Who are your top three characters of all time on General Hospital? On General Hospital. Okay, well, definitely Lucky. Okay. I will always love Lucky, mm -hmm. and I will say Luke Spencer. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, yeah. I'm going to pick the two Spencers, but, yeah. like, the third one is where it would be so hard, because that's the thing, is Luke and Lucky were always around for the most part yes. growing up, and and Luke was just such a cool character, yes. and then, two, I had a big crush on Lucky, yeah. but for number three, it is so frustrating, I mean... It's men so far. Yeah, because, well, and that's the thing, is I've always related more to men, and I know this sounds terrible, especially being a female comedian, but it's like, this is a man job, I mean, sorry, it kind of is, <laughs> yeah, like, so you funny. know, mm. and, uh, God, I'd have to say, because I fall out, in and out of love with characters, but a character that is a newer character that I just have enjoyed her entire run, I guess I'd have to pick Ava, maybe. Okay. Yeah, just okay. because mm -hmm. I like Nina, but I've not had as much time with her. But, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's why I'm Agreed like, so I guess separate. I'll pick a woman, which or Robin. I'm like, oh. I don't know. Or Anna. You know what? Anna Devane. Anna Devane. Anna Devane, yeah. She is good. I was like, I'm forgetting the freaking super spy. Right, right. What, okay, what are, what are a couple of your favorite storylines of all time? Well, um... As I say, I did really love the Liz and Lucky after her rape and yeah. being there for her. And then the Elizabeth song, like that one was definitely one of my favorites. And, I, I, you know, it's funny. I never thought of myself as a shipper, but all yeah. my favorite storylines do have to do with couples. Because I oh, would okay. say that Luke and Tracy's relationship, uh, yeah. the whole the, the whole and yeah. Caboodle, Boodle. but their yeah, relationship... I loved everything about okay. that. Like, they were so fun. And, and yeah. it was nice to see. All, I love old people romantic comedies. Yeah. Like, something's got to give. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I, those, I don't really like a lot of, like, the younger people sometimes. even. Uh, but I love seeing older, yeah. re, more mature relationships like that. So I would say definitely that one. And then, oh, God. The Loop uh, AA. Okay. Yeah, because well, uh, that was that was one of the better newer oh, stories. Oh yeah, it was yeah. really well done. I, I, it shot great. everything. Yeah. My my one of my favorite scenes of all time is Lucky confronting Luke about Jake's death. Oh yeah. In the bar, and he's taking Luke is taking drink. I'm like, see, officer, I'm good. I'm taking drinks. Like, stop. See, that's and, the same continuation. Yes, and and I love that way. There's a point where yeah. you know Jonathan Jackson and Anthony Gary played them were close in real life. And he mentored him, and you can yeah. tell the acting was elevated. And there's a scene in that where he just knocks the glass and just shakes him. There's no, there's no words. He shakes him, and Luke gives out this cry. Yeah. This like soul crushing cry. He feels so bad about what happened. Yeah, and that was the thing is the intervention and that scene was exactly why I liked that storyline is that it was so powerful. And that's why I like that Jake is back in a way because the relationship with Franco was interesting, but it almost takes away from yeah, how powerful yeah, that right was. Now, and yeah. it's and it's frustrating because yeah. it's like you have a love-hate relationship. Yes. Yeah. And my own favorite storyline, yeah. of course, was Maxie's heart. Uh, yeah, that was a baby. good one, yeah. To me, I feel like you have to have ice in your veins when Tony leans down to listen to his daughter in his mm -hmm. niece 
I cry. I like a baby every time. Every yeah. single time I cry. Um, one of that one, is, that part of that scene, but when Frisco is telling Tony how excited oh, he is, know, and then the, the look on his face when he realizes yes. that, because this is the thing is, Frisco and Felicia back then, guys, was awesome. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's totally, I'm, yeah. I'm so happy her and Mac, but you know. They were. They're totally. And also, with well, the same yeah. the same token, when same with Felicia and Bobby. Oh. Yeah. And same when Felicia realizes it falls to the ground. Lucy, when she yeah. finds out and falls, because she was close to them, to them she even finds out. I'm sorry, baby. Yeah. And, and close. And I just thought the whole story was just, it was just well. Yeah. It's considered one of the top ten moments of television. And then the right? Robin HIV. Because, yeah, so, yeah, I really loved Anna and Robin. Right. I'm like, see, there's just so. And that's yes. the thing with GH. There's so much history. And I'm like, well, I like these two. And then I was like, well, no, I like Anna. Oh, well, I, I, I like I, the, the I got to ask you a question there. Yeah. I got to ask you a question because you're like me. Yeah. You watched ABC soaps. I'm yeah. wearing. You guys will notice I'm wearing all my children. <laughs> Yeah. Were you upset that the Anna Robin reunion was on All My Children? Not necessarily, because I watched that one too, yeah. and like it's sort of like the DCCW thing to me, where these things back then were all connected, and so if yeah. stuff happened on one, I was watching all of them, so like it didn't bother me. But I do imagine, like, like say with CW when they were doing the crossover, so many people are confused if you don't watch all of them. Yeah. But you know what? Watch it all. Yes. I know, it was funny because I remember they had a storyline with Babe and Kelly, I Want to Live, yep. Babe and Bianca on All My Children, and it was a whole baby snatching thing, and uh, it was good. That was one of those storylines that is honestly when I discovered message boards and things, because oh, yes. it was so frustrating, because I hated Babe with a freaking passion. <laughs> I love Alexa Havens hey, as yeah. an actress. Yeah. But Babe was always portrayed as, like, the good girl. And I'm like, she is a slut and a bad person. Like, and that was the thing is I'm like, that was one of the first things that really I remember being irked by. Because this was before, this was actually sort of around the same time where they were portraying Sunny is super good. And it was, like, also, so I'm like, ABC, what kind of message are you sending? Because I'm like, Babe was terrible. I'm sorry, guys. And she took Bianca's baby like, <laughs> because she thought, I mean, I get it. I she thought her kid was dead, but like Brianca was raped. Right. Like, and that was the well, thing. I moved character. I know, <laughs> and then like he was so good as a villain, I, I, and that was, and that was the thing is like that storyline. I think was one of the things that drove me to the internet with soaps because I'm like this has to be angering other people because too with Kelly and Kevin I'm like you kill Ace yeah, you kill Kevin's baby because shooting blanks like Kevin Buchanan I, like I could I talk know. about one left and I know I just real quick I was like and, oh go on and the show too yeah. and a uh, little side note for me it's the yeah. Sheila and Lauren crossovers on Bold Beautiful and Restless Legendary oh yeah um okay what okay what was your first brand ambassador gig Remember the first one? Yeah, it was it was working for Denise um, in the the liquor promo model program, which I was on for like two years, where we had all okay. these different brands, and I don't remember necessarily the first brand I did. I think it was a tequila, maybe Espelone or whatever, but I remember, oh my God, this is a job? Because <laughs> we were getting paid $25 an hour to wow. just like hand out shit and like and put wow. on a cute outfit and hand oh, out shit. And I, and I just remember I was, it was on that team and like Denise was like, yeah, this job's super easy. Like, I just have to make sure you're not ugly. Like, you know? That's you so know? funny. Like, because she goes, you'd be surprised what kind of pictures people send. I was like, people lie? Like, I mean, I guess, I guess and too, apparently, like, because I've seen girls get kicked out of stuff for being pregnant. It's like, this is why we have to do dated photos, huh? Wow. I mean, because uh, it's like, you can't dispense alcohol 
<laughs> or protest. like if or stand on your Showing. feet all day if like, you have a big old belly. No. Right. Um, what was your last gig, the brand ambassador? Remember? Um. Well, yeah, I just recently completed the Kiva brand ambassador yes. gig. I was their official LA brand ambassador, which is a medical marijuana edible company. Yes. Yeah. I can tell you, those products are good. Yeah. Um. Do you miss sports about the balls? Yes, actually, <laughs> I honestly, I, I have do. thought about bringing it back. I've thought about using the white room at AfterBuzz. It is the or, best, yeah, I swear I to God, it's the best title of yeah. the show on earth. Best time for a female show about sports. It's perfect. Yeah, and that's the thing is I'm like, I have strongly considered that, uh, and I may do it the week of the Super Bowl because okay. a lot of it is, and may bring it back then because I've got so many other projects I'm working she on. Yeah, you do, you do. And that was the frustrating thing is that part of me was like, I've written some few sports jokes. Like if you guys follow me on Twitter, <laughs> that Roger Goodell one was hysterical. Um, yeah, like. He got a contract, a $200 million contract extension, oh and this was the day that L.A. was literally all on fire, and probably still is, even if you're listening to this, yes. you know, later. Yeah. But, yeah, and I'm like, well, all of L.A. is on fire, and this is still the worst news I've heard. So it's, it's jokes like that that are just quick little, because it yeah. was basically this, it was inspired by Norm McDonald's version of Sports Soup. Yeah. And, you know, that was even the tagline, sports without the balls. Yes. You know, it's just like sports soup, only I'm cuter than Norm McDonald. I love I love I thought I just it's, And I loved yeah. that. I loved doing it. But yeah. it, like the quality of my film, I, know, uh, I, I have certainly become a better producer. Yes, and everything. Yeah, yes, my yes, jokes yes. were always on point, yeah. but my quality was it's, terrible. It's, it's, and I'm like, I which really made it actually extra funny in a way where it's like it's like, kind of like, is this on purpose? Yeah. You're like, on. she's trying, She's but trying. like, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm, I put so much energy into writing these jokes, yes. and then the other part. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and yeah, honestly, don't be surprised if you don't see it next I, year. I love it. That's yeah. a good one. I love doing uh, what it. What are your teams? My teams are Dallas Stars, because I'm I am not a fair-weather Dallas fan. And believe me, guys, I will give you shit. Whenever I go into a stadium and it's all green now, like, because yeah. uh, even in uh, Vegas, I went to see them go head-to-head uh, -head with the Vegas Knights in Vegas. I saw more green there than I saw during our shitty years. <laughs> um, that is my team. I'm a big hockey fan. I also do support my uh, the L.A. Kings as long as they're not playing the Stars. Um, any team that Yamir Yager is on because he is the greatest hockey player of all time. And, you know, he's he is so important. But the day that he smiled at me and knew who I was is still one of the top five greatest moments of my life. And that and me and my mom getting to go to the All-Star Game and NHL 100 celebration, celebrating the 100 greatest players of all time this year. Like, yeah. we got to go to that. That was so magical. I'm like, I could talk about hockey. I also am a Cowboys fan. Yeah. And, um... The Dallas Mavericks and Clippers. Yep, I'm a Clippers fan. Although I love Genie Bus, I will never become a Lakers fan. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. To me, it's like speaking another language. I don't watch yeah. basketball. <laughs> um, but I will say, I DeAndre saw DeAndre Jordan. I saw the that stuff. Oh, I, my oh, cat I, is turning on the TV. TV. I love it. I love it. So you want to watch some TV? Um, <laughs> I uh, I saw Mario Lemieux's last game. Oh my God, and, I'm so jealous. Inadvertently, <laughs> I was in Pittsburgh because I have family and homes in Pittsburgh. Oh, I hate and, Pittsburgh, but I love Mario. Oh. It was his last. It was his last yeah. game. Yeah. I saw like because Sidney Crosby, '87, number '87, yeah. that one. That's why I hate Pittsburgh. Yes. Because mm -hmm. I don't like pussies in sports. <laughs> he's like so Sidney, Sidney Crosby's a pussy. Um, oh, big time. He's I very mean, popular in Pittsburgh. So he's very oh popular. yeah, he's their god. And yeah. I, and too, I I get it, guys. Like if you are from Pittsburgh and you like Pittsburgh, I totally 
totally understand. <laughs> like, that is the thing. It's just like being a Cowboys fan. Like, I would get kicked out of the States. So, like, I totally get you guys being a fan. But, like, he is a whiny pussy, and you guys just need to start owning up to it. I love it. I do. See, I, see, I had a hockey conversation real quick. Why not? Why not? That's all I know, and I'm done. You're like, those were the two names I had. Because Jogger used to play with Mario Lemieux. Um, wait, no, wait, wait. Is Jogger, is he black? Uh, no, he's from Czechoslovakia. Or uh, back then it was Czechoslovakia, now we, oh, his region would be the Czech Republic. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, because he was drafted um, in 19... I could tell you all the facts. <laughs> yeah, I was like, see, you, love sport, you guys like sports. Okay, so what, what was the first time um, you smoked weed? Oh, God. The funny thing is, is I was 15 and hanging out with a bad crowd at this time <laughs> in high school. And I, you know, the funny thing is, as I was dating this punk rock guy, he was like, yeah, you smoke weed. And I'm like, well, I mean, I was on, like, antidepressants and stuff. Again, while I was hanging out with a bad crowd. Yeah. Like, oh, will it react? And I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> and then, too, and this is why people call this a gateway drug, yeah. is because when you've been lied to your entire life about marijuana and you smoke it and you're like, well, I have no bad consequences. Oh, right. And then you're like, this is what, you know, that I only smoked weed for a while and then started breaking into other drugs because then I was like, oh, wait, if if they lied about that, what about these other things? That makes sense, okay. And so, yeah, I was 15 hanging out with him, but it's actually better. That same year, my brother smoked weed for oh. the first time, Ooh. and he was 13. I know I'm a bad sister, but whatever. Yes. Um we took we went to Six Flags with our friends. Like our mom took us, so our mom was well very progressive, you know, whatever. Took us to Six Flags to go smoke weed with our older brother, our oh older half brother that was oh living there God. in the, at the time. So we get Jared high for the first time in his little crappy apartment oh in like God. Oak Cliff, like which is a was a bad area of Dallas, and like and then we went to Six Flags. So his time was actually way better, which wasn't like. Too far after me yeah. first smoking. And that was sort of the thing, is we both kind of, like, this was awesome. Weed is fun. We were yeah. on a Six Flags, and it was raining, so there was oh. no lines, and we are just, like, getting fucked up. Yes. And, and yeah, like, we, we had such a good time. And, you know, I'm not one would consider a pothead. Yeah. I mean, I, I do smoke weed probably or, like, use weed nearly every day. But at the same time, uh, I I don't lay around the house and yeah, watch cartoons. Don't, I, don't, I don't. mean, I wouldn't have all this stuff. If well, I you did. you're busy. You're a busy girl. And, and Seth Rogen and um, stuff have and Kevin Andy Smith. Andy Cohen. All these they're people. They're all advocates for for weed. Yeah, and that's the they're thing. They're busy. They're all busy folks. Trust. They're exactly. Not, they're not at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're in Snoop Dogg himself, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. As, as I call him, Ganji. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, he's sorry. bridging the gap of it's not just a lazy no. people yes. thing. It doesn't make you lazy. I had an English professor in college that I actually didn't hate who um, said that marijuana just enhances who you are. So if you are a lazy fuck, you're going to be a bit, like, even lazier fuck. Right. But if you are a motivated person, like, I mean, I have weed espresso beans now, guys, and I do that to work out, to do whatever. Like, it's not the same thing that it was. But the reason... It's funny because I come from a time period before you. You were born during the time period I was, mm -hmm. I was in the middle of it, um, where... You know, drugs were just normal. Yeah. And I saw, I make people laugh. I always say, we didn't know drugs were bad back then in the 70s. Maybe. We know they were bad. We found they were bad later. I mean, we know they were bad in the beginning. I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but it's like it really was kind of like we would try things. It was always recreational. Yeah. So, I wasn't a crackhead or like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, kind of I've stuff. smoked crack before yeah, and I've, I've done cocaine. I've, I've I mean, done it. Cocaine I've done. No, I've the done. crack story is really funny. Well, I'll tell it.
Let's have another time. Yeah, I was like, I'll fill it another time. Yeah, but, but, but no, but there, but there are things I didn't try on purpose, but there are things yeah. I tried that were most recreational the time yeah. that was given to me, and so I try it. And I was like, okay, and I didn't get hooked on anything, so I was fine. But I will say nowadays, I mean, is it what's becoming? What state's becoming legal in January now? Uh, yeah, the state we're in, California. In California, that's yeah. right, California. Yeah, and it's so, going to be yeah, fully legal. Fully yeah. legal. So it's like it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes, what direction that goes in. Um, and two, we and I don't think people realize. And if you look up any of the real statistics out there, educate yourself and know that the more legalized that marijuana gets in this country and in Canada, the less we have problems with the Mexican cartel yeah, and drug trade. Yeah. And there are stats out there that are proving this fact, yeah. guys. Like it, legalizing marijuana does prevent crime in a lot yeah. of ways. And two, I don't think that stuff like, I mean, well, frankly, heroin is legal. They just call it Oxycontin, guys, yeah, well, and yeah. morphine and all these yeah. things. But drugs like black tar, heroin, and methamphetamines never need to be legal. But even, yeah. there used to be medical uses for most of these mm -hmm. other things, yeah, like true. not just marijuana. Cocaine was derived from, yeah. like, it was a dental. You know, yeah. you know, even though my dad was a severe cokehead, and that's, my dog has allergies. <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, what I want to know is where did Mrs. Brightside come from? Well, uh, the Mrs. Brightside thing comes from Adam Carolla's show. He has a segment where he is Mr. Brightside. And his Adam has always been a very influential character in my life. Um, I, my mom even calls him your Papa Adam. Like, mm, but yeah, like uh, listening to him and stuff. That I always love that segment of him, people calling in, because Adam's mostly known for complaining and things like yes. that. But he's also a very positive and looking for solutions person. He's the person. pop father. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and that's, you know, who I look up to. And I'm like, you know what? I, I've been looking for a concept for a podcast because I don't want to just do interviews. I don't want right. to just do, you know, I'm funny, but, like, you have to have an anchor. And so yes. I'm like, you know what? I really like that segment. Why don't I do that? Where I'm talking to people about bringing positive things and in the whole concept of this is looking at the bright side of everything like bright side of 2017 guys are we not coming together like yeah. it, it was so amazing to see you know my yeah, state of you know, my home state of texas come together for the houston flood oh yeah, yeah yeah and then we have here in california right now we've got big fires everywhere and everybody's yes. just coming together so like all of this turmoil in our country there's a positive side that we're at least helping each other out more That's because true. we feel that way. And, and the then, women are coming yeah. together now. And they're fighting. Yeah. And the women of the year, the person of the year on Time Magazine is women. The whistleblowers, they call them. The ones yeah. who are finally bringing these men down who are casting, couching everybody. And do they think that we would have any of that if Trump wasn't our president? Right. I mean, because that's the thing is I didn't vote for Trump and um, don't like him in any way. Same here. But the thing is, is we have to accept what is and we have to think about what we can do to move on, yeah. not just complain and bitch and, and have no solutions. And that's sort of the thing right. is we have what we have and what can we do? We can be positive. We can come together. We can, again, because, you know, whether he gets impeached or whatever, or in four years, it's like, if we're in a good place, this won't happen. Yeah. Right then. Lastly, say one nice thing about me. Like I said, uh, oh, just one, James? You know, just I just one. I was going to say it's one. It's going to be positive and bright. Well, James, you are part of this inspiration for me because you are a very positive and bright person. So that's the thing. Is like you know, and that's exactly why I wanted you to be my first 
guest is because I was your first guest too. You and were. Yes, you, you were. You yes. brought me into After Buzz, so yeah. I owe a lot to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she was my she was my first guest on my radio show. So when I premiered, so I guess yeah, I guess it's been paying it back. We're pay, paying yeah. it backwards, <laughs> paying it forward, <laughs> forward like that. Um, thanks, Agrisha. We got we know a lot more about you. There's more about her that you'll probably <laughs> oh, learn throughout the podcast series. And there's more. Who knows? Maybe in a year I'll interview her again. Ask her different credit. Who knows? But like, she's, you'll learn a lot about her and what she's doing. She's a hard worker. She's out there. She's hustling to make things happen. She's in LA. She's not going nowhere. <laughs> and I think she's an opportunity for me to you know interview. Well, thank you so much for interviewing me, James. You know, I felt like this was the best way that I could start out this podcast. It was letting people sort of know where I came from and how this is important to me. And it, and it really is more like, I guess I'm sort of a motivational speaker. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, we're going to call a girl. Oh, you know. Tony Robbins, watch out. <laughs> <laughs>